0: Hello, everyone. It is I, Dapper Dan Austin. I own every issue of Amazing Spider-Man, including the annuals, which I think definitely count.
1: Well, there, there, Dan. It is I, mischievous Mark Shinacchio. I also own every issue of Amazing Spider-Man. But, you know, you can change creative teams and status quos and replace Spider-Man with whoever. But you know what? The annuals still don't count, Dan.
0: Well, I'm glad that uh, that will be consistent moving into a new era. Yes, because today we're here to have a kind of casual conversation a bit unformed. Mark and I actually haven't even talked about this really between each other other than the the tweet here or there. We're gonna be discussing today the announcement from, you know, I, I guess a few days back, So we've had a few few days to process it that we are in fact at the end of the Nick Spencer run and we are moving into what seems to be like Spider-Man brain trust round two with a whole new group of writers so far we know who the writers are and one of the artists so. What we know is that we, uh, we have a Spider-Man team that seems to have been started by Zeb Wells, a- a- as if Zeb Wells was going to be the replacement for Nick Spencer. Zeb, who's taken a few years off comics and done a few things here and there, and was an original part of the, uh, the past uh, Brand New Day uh, brain trust of Spider-Man writers, And, but it seems that his idea grew in such a manner that Nick Spencer was convinced to, not Nick Spencer, Nick Lowe, editor Nick Lowe was convinced to expand the roster to include writers Kelly Thompson, those who might have read her current ongoing Captain Marvel series, Saladin Ahmed, who is doing the Miles Morales book currently, Cody Ziegler, who is a new writer to Marvel. Um, He's done like a couple books here and there, but he's mostly famous. He wrote on the she hulk tv show that's coming out on disney plus and rick and morty you know bringing in that television personality which we also had people from film and tv during the last brand new day creative you know roster and patrick gleason who's the artist we've all become familiar with is not just doing art and did all the artwork on this announcement he is also writing On the title. So that's the currently announced team, which is taking over for uh, an amazing Spider Man 75. With the big announcement being this thing called Spider Man Beyond and the Beyond Corporation presenting this new book where Ben Riley apparently is going to return to take back the mantle of Spider Man. We know a few more details here and there, but reaction on the internet was mixed. I know in my comic shop, the people working there were like pretty ho-hum about this. I know a lot of fans of Ben Riley were pretty thrilled about it. And today, Mark and I are going to kind of react to this news. It's not every day that you get a new creative team or even something like this, like a roster of people taking over the book. So I think there's many avenues that we could talk about this, Mark. I think let's just start off first with like initial
1: reactions. So there's a couple of things that that strike me. I mean, let's let's talk about I, I, let's talk about the creative team first and just the format of the comic before we start talking about the plot points, if you don't mind. And, and if you mentioned this already, I apologize. But, you know, as part of the whole brain trust thing, in, in addition to this rotating crew of of creators, is we're going back to three times a month, which I think can be a cool thing. I, I have a pretty big concern, Dan we've been kind of privately called out for sometimes being a little too harsh on the current editor editorial team working on Spider-Man. But, you know, when, when we did, when the last time Marvel did the brain trust and they went to thrice monthly, you know, this was considered a, a, a gargantuan task, a logistical challenge to say the least, you know, every, everything was hanging by a thread and the guy that they brought in to do it was Steven Wacker, who had proven he had, the editorial chops to do this by basically by producing a 52 issue weekly series for DC called 52, which tied all these threads together. I mean, like this is Wacker made his name in the industry doing 52. So him coming to Spider-Man to do Brand New Day and to manage this orchestra of talent and and creativity three times a month, you know, while still considered a huge risk, at at least the pilot had the track record of flying the plane. This is not that. And, that, and this has me concerned because, you know, whether you want to pin, pin some of the issues with Spider-Man over the last few years at the feet of Nick Lowe and his team or not, you know, there are some consistent things, you know, there the comics, I think, have consistently had errors and typographical issues in them. There's been continuity issues, you know, it seems like. People aren't talking to each other, which is just going to be essential for a team of authors like this. You know, like you need communication, you need consistency, you need accuracy because there's just going to be a lot of variables that can throw this thing off the rails before you even get to the kinds of stories you're telling. That news from the onset made me nervous. Like, I'm like, okay, like this, this isn't whacker. How is this going to, can Lo do this? And I, I don't know if he can. So, like, that's a definite, like, wait and see kind of thing for me. With all that said, I think the roster of people that they brought on is really cool. Like, I like, I think it's a, a diverse mix of, of writers here. I love that they're going to have Gleason writing. You know, I, I think Zeb Wells, to me, was one of the highlights of Brand New Day when he was doing it. I enjoy his stuff. I don't know how great he is at deadlines, so that'll be. I'll be curious how much he does with that, because I always feel like Zeb is one of those guys. They 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 kind of bring him on, and he can do an arc here and there, but he can't really do something consistently all the way through. Certainly, Kelly Thompson is going to be an interesting And hey, a woman writing Spider-Man consistently, huzzah! Solomon Ahmed, I think you know his Miles book is has is really taken on a life of its own since since he took over for Bendis, so you know, a lot to be excited about from a talent perspective, but, but the logistical stuff, I got to be honest, scares the crap out of me.
0: (laughs) I feel like I'm operating in a similar realm for you. I think, I honestly think that the rotating group of, of creators, if Spider-Man needs to be twice a month or three times a month, which it seems like it needs to, because, you know, I mean, this is a business and Spider-Man is one of their top selling titles. And, you know, and it's shipping twice or three times a month, you know, it's keeping a lot of Marvel's comics work afloat. You know, all the books you love that don't sell are allowed to exist because Spider-Man does, you know, so let's just take that as a given, like Spider-Man will sell, needs to sell and needs to come out with some frequency. And let's, let's be honest, like we are at like, you know, literally year like the end of year three with Nick Spencer, we just, we're going to get 75 issues out of him, not including the point ones. The guy has kind of been writing this book three times a month. I mean, not always like, but like, even then if you take away the months from the pandemic that were lost, I mean, he has been, you know, busting his butt to get this book out regularly. And I just don't think that that's a job for one person, you know? And I'm going to be on the uh, I'm not going to be on the other side of this in you because I am very nervous about like the editorial team managing this. But if having more writers allows them the time to like not have to like push people about deadlines and do all that work cuz that's the one thing I remember from the time when I was an editor is so much of it is just like deadlines 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 push 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 you know, if, if they can use the extra writers to spend more time crafting the story, bringing back the letters pages, you know, whatever it is they need to do to bring this book and its community alive again, I hope that that, you know, time is spent in that way. You know, like, because it seems like we're going to ostensibly get almost the same number of books as we're getting now, just with a team of five people. You know, I, I, I can't help but think, that that's going to help like push the boulder up the hill a little bit easier. I think in terms of health for the book, I think this is a a net positive. And I always think more people is, is good because people are always going to be there to provide feedback on other people's stuff and work together as a team. And I really think like looking at Nick Spencer's book, it really feels like a guy that got like a little bit like stuck in his own universe, you know, and, and isn't seeing, what's going on around it. So, so that has me excited.
1: And you could say the same for Dan Slot's run. I mean, coming out of Brand New Day, I mean, like, you know, I feel like sometimes people kind of glom Brand New Day to slot because he was part of that brain trust. And yeah, he did. He did write a lot of key stories during that run. But like, you know, that run was also about zeb wells it was also about uh mark wade it was also i mean there was a ton of really super talented people just like this one who with people who kind of you know joe kelly mark guggenheim i mean you know they 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 made their mark on other stuff but kind of bringing them together into the symphony of spider-man i think just benefited the book and and i i like having different perspectives I, i you know i know the 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 traditional way of comics is you know here's your writer here's your artist they work Marvel style or whatever and and magic is made and you know you talk about the Claremont burn run or you talk about Kirby and 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 Lee or you talk about Dicko and Lee but you don't you know you don't talk about you know seven or eight people behind the comic but like I I think in this day and age and the way we consume I mean, I mean look at TV I mean it's not it's t- most TV that we love is not solely managed by one or two people it's a team it's a t- it's a team of writers it's a team of directors it's a team of you know uh, of cinematographers i mean you know it's it's you know you you have multi multiple perspectives I, I think having more diversity and inclusivity in the creative process only generates better content at the end so like that doesn't concern me you know, again, my my biggest issue is just like from a mechanical logistical standpoint, can this be managed successfully by the people who are currently managing this book? Uh, because you know, yeah, I, I mean, I I I don't disagree with you. Like this book has been kind of like unofficially been almost three times a month anyway now for the better part of the last year or so. But frankly, there's been a lot of errors and mistakes in the book over the last year, and you're just like, I, I mean. You know, maybe that happened a lot under Brand New Day under Wacker, but we just didn't realize it because we liked the content better. Maybe. I don't know. But like, I just feel like, you know, again, Wacker, not only not only did he prove himself on Spider-Man, he proved himself doing this in other, you know, with the distinguished competition. So like it, it just kind of put it in. It made you feel more confident about the process when he was doing it. That's all.
0: And I want to acknowledge, because I think a lot of people are going to push back and be like, I didn't love Brand New Day in the same way or Brand New Day wasn't perfect. Like, I really think the first year of Brand New Day was a bit rough. You know, like we got our freak story. We got our jackpot stories like those things were rough. But it was like and, and the characterization of Peter could be a little all over the map based on the different writers who handled it. But it was the feeling of like freshness and new, or the brand new day of it all, that I think actually made it all sing well together. Ultimately, in the end, and once they found their their footing, and again, I don't expect this to like really work right out of the gate. You know, people find like how they work as a team together. But I I, I just think inherently, five people working on writing instead of one, like, <laughs> is going to be way better in terms of like giving people the time and energy and room to come up with good stories. You know, if, if you've only got like a shot at a story once or twice per year, damn it, you better make it something that's worth reading, uh, especially if there's going to be like a cool hook over it all. I want to also acknowledge beyond there being a female writer for the first time on Amazing Spider-Man and, and a really great one, one that I've been championing For a long time to take over this book, you know, if it wasn't going to be Donnie Cates, you know, uh, Kelly Thompson, you know, was probably my number two. And if you haven't read any of her stuff, I would recommend her Jessica Jones books where actually Spider-Man and Mary Jane play a rather key role. She actually kills Mary Jane off in her book and brings her back to life, but it's handled so thoughtfully and the characters really sing on the pages. I'm excited to see her approach to it, but I also wanted to point out like Saladin Ahmed, you know, this is a title that's been dominated by white male writers. I mean, yeah, you've got your, you know, Christopher priests and stuff like that, but it's very infrequent. I mean, I, I would be hard pressed to come up with really anybody beyond Christopher Priest and the few issues he did, you know, on this title. So having like a, a you know a Muslim man writing this book could really bring an interesting perspective to to it. And, and New York and I, and I think you see that in the Miles Morales book, which I do think has been pretty entertaining, especially in this latest Clone Saga stuff. I'm excited. I thought it was weird that the story that they chose to promote Zeb Wells on the back of was shed. Um, not a fan favorite from a lot of people, but has turned out to be more consequential, I think, than a lot of other stories from, from that era. But yeah, I mean, they're going to have a separate announcement where they announce all the different artists on this. I'm crossing my fingers for JRJR. I mean, we don't know what book JRJR is working on yet. To me, it would seem very strange to not like announce, if you're going to really blow this thing out, you want to put JRJR on, on a book like this. I think that would be awesome and the artwork uh from patrick leeson that we've already received including the design stuff and the little teases and that full page of like ben Riley on the ceiling all of it looks beautiful i mean that new costume is really rad Uh, like combining the two different scarlet spider suits into one with the offset spider but with the you know the kind of unlimited stuff and also the superior shoulders it's just kind of like a best of spider-man costume I don't know. I mean, yeah. Editorial always has me eternally worried, but I think on the creative side, I think we're, we're, we're in a really great place here. So uh, that's kind of exciting for me.
1: Cool. So with that said, let's talk about the pitch, the elevator pitch, because, you know, I know we talked about this a lot in our 300th episode, you know, you know, me specifically, am I being too, too cranky and cynical about stuff? I I like that we preface this by saying like I or at least I preface this. I know you you agree probably even more than I do on this that, you know, I'm excited about the creators. But like if you follow me on Twitter, you know, you you can tell pretty quickly I am not terribly stoked about this premise. Like you said, there is this new corporation, the Beyond Corporation. And I guess Spider-Man is going to be working for the Beyond Corporation. Is that is that what you gathered from the pitch as well, Dan? Or am I jumping to conclusions here?
0: Yeah, the, I had not heard of Beyond Corporation before, but apparently it's a thing that exists previously in the Marvel Universe, and it invo- involves the multiverse. I don't really know. I I, I, I want to preface all of this by giving a shout-out to Alan Schurzel in our 300 episode, who had no knowledge of this and, and, and asked us, how would we feel or would we keep reading if Peter Parker was inevitably replaced by someone else for a long period of time. And we don't know for certain that that's what's happening here, although it seems like it is. That's how um, they're trying
1: to market it, it seems. you know. Yeah,
0: so yeah, there's this like beyond corporation and there's something that calls, like some, th- they describe it as like, but here, here's the exact quote from editor Nick Lowe. The whole point of working on Spider-Man is trying to put new, unliftable weights on top of him. Physical, metaphysical, emotional, psychological, and seeing if he can lift them. But what if that weight is truly too heavy? What if someone with the exact same skills and formative years could do better? Ben Riley is back. And with Aunt May Uncle Ben's lessons in the back of his mind as well, he's here to step in where Peter Parker failed. Can he accomplish things the original Spider-Man never could? These questions are what sold me on this story. And my read on just reading that quote is like, didn't we already do that in superior Spider-Man?
1: That is definitely the first big question here. I mean, like, you know, let's putting aside who is replacing Peter if Peter is indeed being replaced. Like, you know, and I think we said as much when Alan asked us about this. I mean, like, look, I'm not going to sit here and and act like, you know, my precious Peter Parker, my precious Spider-Man, don't touch him you know, like whatever, if it tells good story, like Superior did, at least Superior did for the vast majority of its run, that doesn't bother me. But like it does feel in relative terms a little too close in time to the last time they did this. So it it, kind of like just off the top of off the top of my head, it feels a little unoriginal and uninspired to be taking Peter out of the book again after only having done it eight years ago.
0: And with the premise, that it's like like Ben Riley has not been an active part of Spider Man. Like it just seems completely out of left field. And and I'll, and I'll say this: like I, I was talking on Slack, and people were asking me, like, "Well, what would you want to see in a new run, or what wouldn't you want to see in a new run?" And I actually really am kind of loathe. I, I, I kind of loathe these runs, the modern Marvel, where it's like someone new comes on and it completely ignores, like what was going on to take it in a wildly different direction, you know, and sometimes that works. Like I think about something like the immortal Hulk, right? Except that wasn't really a radical new direction. Like Hulk was dead and we've had the whole Hulk is a different person at night thing and different personality. Like it was just building on the lore. And this might be that, like, right? we don't know how Spencer's run is going to conclude. This might actually be like a logical playthrough, but right now it just seems kind of like a gimmick. Like, hey, like we're bringing this character back out of nowhere, like and we're changing the direction of this book radically. And I was thinking, like, who is the last real creator to come onto this title and not like radically shift the status quo like a new season of television or something? And it's probably like goes all the way back to like the late 200s issues, you know, and, and the changeover. I know that. Oh, my God. Why am I forgetting his name right now?
1: Oh, um, David McElhinney.
0: David McElhinney, right? David McElhinney came into the book and married off Peter and MJ. And that might've been a big status quo, but we were really working there, you know, for a long time. Like, but like, you know, JMS came in and introduced this like crazy new wrinkle. You know, we had Brand New Day was started by a crazy new wrinkle. Dan Slot introduced Big Time, which I guess was kind of a natural offset, but it was a really big change you know, and he, each of his volumes was like a radical shift, whether it's, you know, Dr. Octopus or Peter owning a company or something like that. I miss the era of like the transition from like Stern to Friends or in DeFalco where, you know, it just continues that story naturally. And I, I can't help but like see this as like not the story I'm currently reading.
1: That's definitely an element in all of this that kind of makes me skeptical a little bit. I mean, it, it just seems like like you said, like even if Spencer finds a way to to dovetail with this story, it's it's not going to feel organic because where the hell has Ben Riley been for the last how many years? You know what I mean? Like we really haven't. Had, so, but like you know, to me that's the 800 pound gorilla in the room right now, which is Ben Riley. Like, okay, so Ben Riley of the Clone Saga. You know, this we've we've done this before with him where he took over for Peter while Peter went off into the sunset in the 90s, only to be brought back because, you know, depending on whose version of history, they were going to bring him back all along anyway. But in reality, it was just because the book wasn't selling with Ben, whatever, whoever you want to believe. Ben Reilly was was not long for the world of being the main character, was killed off. And then it seemed like you know, as time, you know, when, when he was when he was killed, it was like, yay, the clone saga is over. People celebrated. It was like, you know, the Ewoks in the streets of Vendor. Of, of I feel like as time went on, it was like, no, no, we got to bring Ben back. We got to bring Ben back. And we brought Kane back. But now let's bring Ben back and Ben and Ben. And we finally brought Ben back in the clone conspiracy. And like the character was just completely different and unrecognizable and frankly dumb. <laughs> um, so My issue is is twofold. It's like, okay, so which version of Ben Riley are we going to get? Are we going to get the Ben Riley that has already had a go at this and failed, which might be the more popular Ben Riley, but not really. I mean, popular in a cult sense. Are we going to get this new Ben Riley, which to me is a completely undesirable character? Like, I have no interest in anti-hero Spider-Man. Again, on the heels of Superior. I mean, we had we had that for Superior, you know, like the, the Spider-Man who's a villain who's going to redeem himself by being Spider-Man. Well, we well let, start. Let,
0: let me let me let me cut in here. And, and Mark, I don't know if you remember, but at the end of Spider-Get-In, Ben like sacrificed himself and died and Otto resurrected him and it reset him back to like factory standards. So he's not actually suffered through all of those deaths. So we are ostensibly, I think, getting the Ben Riley from, you know, the the
1: 90s. Which then brings me back to. So it's still so what like we we did this character before. What is his defining characteristic? Blonde hair? I mean, like, you know, no connection and no connection to the supporting cast, which is another one of the big gimmicks of Spider-Man. And, you know, again, like I have said on multiple occasions that I have no desire to be a creator. I have no desire to to rewrite Spider-Man in, in the way I want it written. But like I, I got to just put this out there, I put it out there on Twitter. And I think you've even responded to this, at least privately to me, Dan, which is like if you're going to replace Peter as Spider-Man in the year 2021, Miles Morales is right there. Miles Mor- morales was the star of a movie that won an oscar (laughs) he's doing video games he's got he is a successful brand in his own right he has a he has a fan base he's a diverse character that that a whole generation of fans can relate to in a different way like why the hell are you gonna replace peter parker with the clone from the 90s like who is who is legitimately asking for that? I just like to me it 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 is just like a I don't want to say a bankrupt idea because that's way too harsh. But like to me it's a tell it, it's a terrible elevator pitch. I just I, I like I am I don't understand what I'm supposed to be excited about with Ben Riley. And I, I legitimately forgot how Spider it ended because I did not care for that story. You know I just remember the the Peter David series and you know where he was kind of like an anti-hero trying to redeem himself. Sort of, you know, I had no interest in that character either, but it's like, what story do you have to tell with Ben's character in 2021 that, that wasn't already told in the nineties? Like, like, where can you go with this character now? Like the character to me, his story, his book is closed. And I know like, someone said to me, when, who's arguing with me I, I, when I made that point of like, why are we still telling Peter's story after 60 years? I'm like, because he's been going for 60 years. He's endured. That's the thing. Like Ben Riley was introduced and then killed. And in a very final, it seems in a very final result, resol- resolute way, not in a like, oh, we don't know what to do with this character anymore. Let's just kill him. Like the clone saga went well beyond its, 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 its scope in terms of where, where it should have logically ended. So like they had to end it. So that I, I just don't get why they think this is the story that needs to be told right now, especially with miles right there. Like I, I, I have never been one to champion miles as coming the new amazing Spider-Man, but like, if you're going to do this, it should, to me, it should be miles. Like, I, I feel like legitimately offended that it's not miles because it's like, what, what else does miles have to do to become the main Spider-Man then in this universe? If we're, if this is not the opportunity to do it.
0: I agree with all of that. I think that these writers have an uphill battle to convince us that whatever themes they want to tackle are best tackled by, you know, the character of Ben Ben Riley. I mean, I've legitimately been thinking, like, what are the things that Ben allows us to, like, really investigate and uh, that haven't been investigated? Like, Ben is Peter Parker from a certain point, I guess from issue... You know, the, the, the original one, the Jerry Conway clone saga issues, he is Peter Parker, and then he had a different life, which we've explored and things like that. Like, what did that life bring to him that, he, that would allow him to stand up? And I, I have to think, like, and this to me is the real elephant in the room, is it seems like Peter and MJ are, you know, headed towards a reckoning with one more day, whether that reinstates their marriage or whatever. I mean, we had that Spider-Man: The Final Adventure story, which saw them move into Portland to retire and let Ben, you know, continue, you know, on it. Like this could be that story that we never got, right? Like the teaser art shows, like what looks like a dead, a dead Peter, fatal consequences, which are teased in in the press release of this. Like, do I think they're going to kill off Peter Parker? You know, maybe not. I I hate to say this because I actually think it makes the title sound really lame. Like there could be like a Batman Beyond kind of thing here where Peter is in some way incapacitated or because of family ties, he's not able to act like Spider-Man in the same way. And so Ben has to step up and step in. And we're we're investigating like the whole like, what does it mean to have like friends and family that are being hurt by you being Spider-Man? But I feel like we've already investigated all that. Like even Nick Spencer is investigating that now. Like he got Mary Jane to step up and say, I'm okay with all this. So I I, I really don't see how we're going to get there. And I think these writers are all very smart people. So I'm, I, I, I have like faith that they could convince me, but it's going to be an uphill battle because you're right. Like the miles story is right there or just telling more Peter stories. Like why can't we tell Peter stories? Like, are, are, are we at the point where we are surrendering to the idea that we can't tell stories with Peter that are like compelling because he's in a, a, a he's in persistent arrested development. I don't know, but I also don't know how Spencer's run is going to end. And that could really determine a lot of this. So, but um, I mean, if it is him like moving to Portland while Ben takes over, I also feel like the stories move past that in the pages of Nick Spencer's comic. So that doesn't even make sense to me. Uh, yeah, but I think the big thing, Mark is, This pitch does nothing to me. It could be the best story ever and there could be the most confident, but everything they wrote in this press release, like does not actually tell me anything that makes me go, oh, like that's a story that I've been compelled to be a a part
1: of. To me, the draw is clearly the creative team and and going back to three times a month and and getting maximum Spider-Man that to me is going to be where the curiosity lies. Like how is, how are these moving pieces going to interact? It's essential to my overall enjoyment of this comic book for it to be a good story. And I, you know, I, I don't know if this premise is going to be able to deliver that. I, I, I mean, I have an open mind. I don't want to say I don't, but like, you know, the, like you're saying the pitch itself does not, does not get me excited to read the story. I'm excited to see, what this creative team can do. But like, I, I, you know, I'll be completely blunt. I have zero interest in, in a Ben Riley story in 2021. I just zero. I just, I don't care. I, 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 it's going to be a monumental task to get me to care about Ben Riley right now. And, and, you know, for people that love Ben Riley and love the clone saga, God bless. I mean, you know, like, To me, I lived the Clone Saga in real time. It almost killed my interest in comics. In fact, it kind of did kill my interest in comics. I didn't come back to comics full time until the Clone Saga was long in the rearview mirror. I hate to be this way, but like I'm not in the minority on that standpoint. I think the people who think this is like great fodder are the minority. So we're catering to a very niche section of the fan base here in this pitch. So they got a lot of work cut out for them to make this interesting to people, I think.
0: I also think if they end up marrying off Peter Parker by the end of Nick Spencer Run or like undoing one more day only to kill Peter or send him off to pasture, you're going to piss off Spider-Man fans in a way. I I don't know. I dare say more than one more day, but I think that's like maybe the kind of slap in the the face to a group of people that are already, you know, Built up expectations in a certain way and have been begging for something for a long time, like for you to give it to them and immediately take it away from them. Like, I I think about the start of like the Alien 3 movie, where like, you know, Ripley finally got everybody away in aliens. And then that movie starts with all of the characters dying, you know? And it's like, well, then why can I ever get invested in this ever again if, you know, that's the attitude you're going to have like towards any game? And I like Alien 3. So uh, don't let me get on that soapbox. But, you know, again, we had yet to see, like, again, I, I don't want to prejudge this because I, it could end up being amazing. And I think there were a lot of voices that felt the way that we're talking about right now about superior before it started. And our show was built on the back of our love of superior. I, I think maybe like color me skeptical going into this, but buoyed with the optimism that this creative team and this kind of working assembly could mean for the book because I, I think it, I think if anything the past ten years have proven it's time to shake things up a little bit.
1: I mean, it's funny you mentioned the superior and in the initial fan reaction. I mean, you know, I, I I am almost embarrassed to admit, but you can go back into the archives of of chasing amazing and you can see a piece that I wrote, you know, well in advance of like Amazing Spider Man six ninety eight and you know my my very large skepticism for what superior was supposed to be, you know, before, before the details came forward. But what I will say is what, you know, what, what superior had going for it was frankly a, a build to superior from Dan slot that really caught my imagination, which was, you know, the, the, that issue, 698 and 699 and 700, again, like kind of going into what are the challenges of, of, pulling this off you know we, we talked about editorial we talked about we talked about the premise being a little loosey-goosey you know the, the other elephant in the room is like you know is nick spencer is nick spencer the kind of writer to you know land this plane and put it in a place that can transition to this new status quo in a way that makes sense and i don't know if he is because i you know like what i've witnessed from nick so far is as you mentioned earlier in the show is kind of a a bit of obliviousness sometimes when it comes to how he weaves spider-man lore and history you know i think he he likes what he likes and he wants to tell the story that he wants to tell and you know i i I don't know if he is quite good at rearranging the you know the, the the toys or the the chairs or whatever analogy you want to make to get to the next run so that is, you know, I think, frankly, another major challenge this all has going forward is like Spencer's got to find a way to transition into this thing in a way that will get people excited, you know, and certainly, you know, spending four issues going over the chameleon conspiracy, as we talked about in our other recent Patreon episodes, is not the way to do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's as good a place as any to bring this uh, to a close. We're going to get our first glimpse at, at the Spider-Man Beyond on August 14th in that free comic book day 2021 Spider-Man slash Venom book, which probably seems to be setting up maybe the status quo for both of these new runs you know mark and i will be here to cover it so you know stay tuned boy mark we're gonna have our work cut out for us three times a month now yeah. uh oh boy <laughs> here we go New era for spider talk as well well anyway yeah. thanks everybody for for tuning in hope you enjoyed this and uh we'd love to know what you think about this new run hit us up on twitter or uh you know send us an email at amazing at gmail.com and tell us how wrong we are for being somewhat critical of this and how great it is that Ben Riley is back.
1: You got it. With great podcast, Dan. There must also come a new status quo and amazing spider talk. <laughs> don't, don't miss the next installment.